and welcome back to Dads on the Air, coming to you around Australia on the Community Radio Network. In this program, we bring you informing and entertaining conversations with a wide range of interesting people on topics of fatherhood and family and parenting, men's and boys' issues. Hi, I'm Bill Cable, and our special guest today is Reverend Dr. John Killinger. John is a minister, a theologian, an academic, and author of numerous books, but most importantly, he is a husband, a father, and a grandfather, and he has written a trilogy of books called From Poppy with Love, Letters from a Grandfather to the Grandchildren He Isn't Allowed to See. John, welcome to the program. Thank you. Pleased to be with you. John, your situation, I don't know how unusual it is, but it's a, it's a situation where you haven't seen your grandchildren for a number of years. How long is it now since you've seen your grandchildren? It's been about 12 years now, Bill. Oh, that's terrible. And can there are there are four grandchildren, I believe. Yes, that's right. They all are part of the same family. Would you like me to tell you a little bit about the story? I would. We were a very close family. My wife and I had two sons. We always did lots of things together. We traveled abroad together. Uh, had uh, very full lives. Our son was married. Uh, uh, his first wife uh, fell in love with somebody else and left him. He rebounded uh, about three years later into another marriage, and this time to a very wealthy woman. She's the heir to uh, a very large automobile industry here. She had a somewhat dysfunctional family and apparently uh, did not want her husband to keep thinking about his family, which was not dysfunctional. So she kind of threw a monkey wrench into the works then. Uh, we saw our first grandchild for a couple of years, did a lot of babysitting, in fact. Uh, when the second grandchild came along, by that time, this woman had decided that they would have nothing else to do with us. And so we saw that child as a baby and uh, then did not see two other children that were born. Many of the psychologists today believe that in this rather common phenomenon, uh, that uh, there's a brainwashing factor. And we certainly believe that in the case of our son. He has not seemed at all to be the person we knew. And uh, he, in the approaches that I have made, they live only 30, 40 minutes away from us. And uh, my other son and I have made approaches to him uh, at his place of business. He's a school teacher. And uh, he will not have anything to do with us, won't talk to us. When his mother his mother died uh, two and a half years ago, a little over, uh, people put pressure on him to get in touch with her. During that time, he called her about uh, two or three weeks before she died, talked to her for about five or six minutes. He said, this is a one-off, Mom. I'm not going to do this again. And she could hear his wife's voice in the background telling him what he could say and what he couldn't say. And he never did uh, come to see his mother. She had cancer and suffered with it uh, pretty severely for about a year before she died. But he made no effort to see her. So uh, that's the story. What uh, My wife, during the period uh, before she died, wrote uh, a book about this story. She called it A Son is a Son Till He Gets a Wife how toxic daughters-in-law destroy families. The book found a lot of resonance. Uh, there have been at least two major organizations here in the States that have been formed by people who read the book and found it consoling to them. This 
uh, turned up was the fact that uh, there are many, many thousands of families in which this is the case today. It seems to be part of a modern culture. And uh, one of these organizations called Alienated Grandparents Anonymous uh, is now represented by multiple chapters in all 50 states and in 19 foreign countries. And I was on a program just last night uh, with a group called Family Access that seeks uh, more liberal uh, laws for grandparents, enabling them to see their grandchildren. But not, not a whole lot has been done in that respect now. But I'm just mentioning that to say that it, it is a very common phenomenon, and many, many people have had similar uh, incidents in their own lives. Yes, I know you've had contact from Australia, among other places, but... As an outsider, it's hard to understand why this sort of separation would occur. I mean, it's it's so tragic when you hear about it like that. Uh, that daughters who, for one reason or another, don't want their husbands to have anything more to do with the families they came from, uh, manage to draw this curtain between them. Uh, my book, my wife's book, I think of it in terms of. Uh, when Martin Luther, the great Reformation leader back in the early 16th century, posted his 95 theses on the uh, cathedral door at Wittenberg and started the uh, big revolution in religious thought that occurred then, uh, he afterwards said it was like uh, he was walking in a dream and he got hold of the bell rope in the church and started ringing the bell and woke everybody up. and. It was a bit that way with my wife's book. We we knew several families that had the problem and included references to them. She included them in her book. But uh, we were uh, amazed at the resonance uh, that her book caused and the number of people that did uh, come out and say they were so happy now to know they weren't the only ones. There's, mm-hmm. a, uh, there's a great deal of uh, uh, relief to find out that they are not alone with their problem. Now, you and your wife, Grammy, have uh, taken different paths in, in the, as a way to deal with it. You, as you've mentioned, Grammy wrote, the, wrote her book about uh, a, toxic, a toxic wife. Your books, From Poppy with Love, uh, Letters from a Grandfather to a Grandchildren, have you found that helpful in dealing with the pain of this separation? Yes, I find it helpful. Of course, I'm a writer, so writers write. I, I suppose uh, that, that helps me. Uh, I have a, a kind of double exposure to grief because having lost the son and then having lost my wife, uh, I have for the past year or so been a part of a grief group that meets in my town uh, on Sunday afternoons for a couple of hours. And I have found it immensely helpful to meet with other people who've gone through the darkness, the, the sadness that I've been through, and we become interested in one another's stories, and as we share those stories, we develop a concern for one another that helps to mitigate the pain we have. Uh, so I feel the same thing can happen in terms of our children, uh, that if we can uh, either find a group that's already meeting where parents talk about this subject, uh, or start one. Many many people learn about this, and they start a group in their own town, and uh, uh, just do it in their living room, for that matter, or find some public setting to do it. And I think it, it helps a great deal to lessen the pain if we can share the pain. And we realize that, you know, we're not oddballs. Uh, uh, it, the typical 
thing is for parents have been very good to their children, and most most of the people, most of the sons that uh, uh, that desert their families like this come from very close families. I've noticed that this is true of so many of the families that I know. Uh, it helps us to realize that, no, it wasn't something we did. It's something that the, the person our children, uh, our child married, uh, has done, and uh, that uh, in many cases there's not anything that can be done about it. Uh, I certainly would counsel people to continue to hope. And one reason I'm writing uh, or have written these three volumes of letters to my grandchildren uh, one reason was that I hope when they get to be uh, of an age when their parents cannot keep them from seeing these books, that is, when they go away to college perhaps, I'll send copies of these books to the children so they can kind of catch up on what was happening at the time when they were children and understand why they did not get to meet and be with their, with their father's parents. And we're speaking today with John Killinger, the author of a trilogy of books called From Poppy with Love. And these are letters from a grandfather to the grandchildren he isn't allowed to see. We're going to take a short break now. We're going to listen to a song called Try to Remember from The Fantastics by Josh Groban. Remember 
Try to Remember from the Fantastics by Josh Groban. And we're speaking today with John Killinger, the author of From Poppy with Love. So, John, we were just talking about the pain of the separation from the children, or grandchildren in your case, and children. But uh, in, in some, uh, some people would compare it with uh, having a child die. It, it, the pain is, is that intense, isn't it? When, when you can't see it in some ways, it might even be worse. Yes, it, it's, it's somewhat similar, I think, Bill. The very fact that you can no longer see the children, uh, do anything with them, you cannot enjoy their company, uh, it's as if you no longer had them. And I have, I've had to accept that with my grandchildren. Uh, I tried a number of things to uh, find out what if there was a problem, if there was something that our son's wife objected to or he did, uh, but uh, never could turn up a single thing. And so it, it got rather hopeless at that point. I do hope that someday when they're older, I'll get to see them. And that's the reason I've written this, uh, these three volumes of letters to them. I could have kept on writing, but I didn't want to keep that alive. I wanted to be able to let it go, mm-hmm. uh, especially after I lost my wife. And uh, everything seemed sort of gloomy at that point. And I thought simply to keep writing, my grandchildren might uh, add to my sense of uh, grief in, the, in that respect. But it is, as you suggest, it's very similar to uh, the grief one feels in a death. And uh, as I've talked with numerous parents, I, I have many parents who uh, email me or write me or call me. And as I talk with them, I hear one after another, I hear them talk about this sense of heaviness that they feel as, as if uh, life is almost ended for them. I am convinced partly from having been part of a grief group at the loss of my wife, that uh, we cannot give up when somebody disappears from our lives. We have to keep going. And as I've worked with a grief group, I have found that one after another, those who have gone, who have progressed through the normal stages of grief, finally come to accept the fact that their mates are gone and that they must get on with their lives. They cannot simply stay at the mate's grave and and just be there for the rest of their lives. There's still life to be lived, 
and they can honor those that they have known and loved by going on. So I've tried to do that with my grandchildren, I think, of them. Uh, I'm sure they're being well treated. I know their parents uh, are caring for them. They have what they need. They're probably uh, being educated well. And I don't worry about them in that respect. But it could have meant so much to me, especially while my wife was uh, ill and dying, mm-hmm. uh, to have been able to have them here or to have had their company after she passed away. Yes. Uh, my other son, the one that used to go with me to try to uh, get to see this one who is defected, uh, he and his wife have moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is about 2,000 miles from oh. where I live. So but essentially I'm alone in the world. And uh, I'm in my 80s, so I'm not a young man. And uh, I don't, it, it is, there's something, something unnerving about being as old as I am and having no uh, familiar backup of any kind. It could have been so much easier uh, to bury my wife, to uh, see that she was gone, if I had had the support of that son and those for grandchildren. Grandchildren are a sign of the future for us, and when you can't see them, it's as if somebody's destroyed your future. It's absolutely the time when you do want to see your children and grandchildren. I'm just wondering if if you can imagine sitting down with those grandchildren now, what do you think you would say to them? I, I think I would want them to read these uh, volumes of letters to them. I would want to fill them in. I think uh, we'd want to fill one another in on our lives. I would ask questions of them about uh, what they were like, what they enjoy, what the school was like to them. I'd want to, uh, as I would with any child that I was just getting acquainted with, learn about the child's world and, uh, uh, and be a friend in that world. And I, I fully anticipate that I will get to know at least one or two of my four grandchildren if I live long enough. Mm. Uh, my oldest uh, granddaughter is now uh, between 13 and 14 years old. She'll be going away to college in four or five years. Uh, I expect she'll be the first one to learn the facts from this, uh, these books and uh, might get in touch with me or I get in touch with her and uh, we could have dinner together and talk about her life, and I could answer her questions. Uh, I I would hope that it would go something like that. I think, you know, it's like starting anew. I mean, we may have the same blood in us, but even the oldest of them uh, was about two years old when we were cut off from our grandchildren, Uh, so she will have very little memory, if any, uh, of, uh, of us, and so it's all new. By the way, I don't know, I was curious for a long time to know what my children or my son and his wife were telling the grandchildren about us and why, though we live so close, uh, they never saw us. Uh, A woman uh, heard me speak when I was in Florida, uh, speaking for the Alienated Grandparents uh, Anonymous group uh, a couple of years ago. She got in touch with me by email. And she sent me some photographs that she had made of my grandchildren when they were visiting in Florida. And as a matter of fact, she had been their babysitter several times when they were down there. And I asked her what the, uh, what the parents had told the grandchildren, how they explained the fact that the dad 
that they never saw the dead family. And I was just, I was stunned by her answer. She said, they tell them you're evil. Mm. I expect that's as, as effective a way of handling the situation as any, but uh, one of the things that I think if my grandchildren read these books, they'll find out that we weren't evil people, and they will find out that uh, we are very human, we are very loving, very caring, and that we have uh, thought about them, prayed for them, uh, been earnest uh, in hopes uh, for their lives, and I think we'll have some good times together. Yes, it can happen, and sincerely hope it does happen for you. Because uh, the role of grandparents, I mean, there's obviously the medical side, there's the family history side. What do you see as the most important role of grandparents? Uh, <laughs> that's hard to say. I guess we're all individually uh, different in that, in that respect. But uh, I expect uh, children who will be curious to see the, their own heritage, to see the lineage, and understand themselves better for seeing who their grandparents were and being able to understand how certain traits in their lives and so forth descended from their grandparents. And at the grandparents, I think, at the same time, will be interested in seeing how these traits are fulfilling themselves in another generation. Uh, I, I strongly advise grandparents to write letters or notes to their grandchildren and save them to give to them. You can't send them to the parents. They'll be destroyed. Parents don't want them to hear from the grandparents this way. But someday, when they can read them, then they can sit down and feast on them. And we've been speaking to Dr. John Killinger, who is uh, in a situation that's common around the world, unfortunately, where grandparents do not get to see their grandchildren. But it's great to see the positive actions that, uh, that John Killinger has taken. He's written this trilogy of books participates in Alienated Grandparents Anonymous and he's helping people in the states who are in this situation. John, before we uh, finish up the show, I, I asked you if you'd like to pick a song for us to play. Could you tell us which song you picked and why you picked it? Well, the, the hymn I picked that you're going to end with uh, is an old one, well-known, and I think it's a great statement uh, about being patient in times of trouble, that, that somehow God cares about our lives and that uh, in the end, uh, everything will be worked out. Uh, it may not happen in this life. I think it, some things will be resolved in another life. But I, I think it, it's a song about patience and endurance and knowing that God is there, even in the darkest and most hopeless of our times.
And that was Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past by the Sheffield Cathedral Choir. So it just remains for me now to give a special thank you to our guest, John Kellinger. Thank you very much for being on the program and sharing those stories about uh, your family with, uh, with us today. It's my pleasure, Bill. And just a reminder to our listeners that we've been speaking with Dr. John Killinger, and he has written a trilogy of books called From Poppy with Love, Letters from a Grandfather to the Grandchildren He Isn't Allowed to See. The second volume is called More Letters from a Grandfather to the Grandchildren He Isn't Allowed to See. And finally, the third volume is called Even More Letters from a Grandfather to the Grandchildren He Isn't Allowed to See. And these books are published by the Intermundia Press, that's I-N-T-E-R-M-U-N-D-I-A Press. Their website is www.intermundiapress.weebly.com And of course you can find them on Facebook. We'd love to hear from any of those listeners. You can go to our website, dadsontheair.com.au and send us an email and we'll be in touch. If you would like to listen to this show again or any of our shows, go to our website, dadsontheair.com.au or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And we'll be back next week with another show on Dads on the Air.